you're listening to the Tour 12 Podcast. I'm your host, Jay Heath Graham, alongside Cody Berry and Brandon Hunt. And we'll take you on a 12-month tour of occupationally living your passion in business, leadership, and life. The Tour 12 Podcast is being presented by Expedition Enterprises. Well, 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 Cody, the producer man. What is up, Heath? We are coming in hot, even though it's cold. <laughs> you ain't kidding. This is not normal for the South. No, we are coming in fresh out of the snowpocalypse <laughs> in the South. Hey, bro, I'm driving the minivan. <laughs> oh, my gosh. No, all kidding aside, depending on when you're listening to this, um, at the time of this recording, we are coming out of uh, probably a pretty historic time, at least. Yeah, it's been 35 years. My wife told me she was three Three or five, I can't remember, but 35 years based on what she had researched since this kind of snow had happened in Arkansas. (laughs) (laughs) That and COVID, it's the end of the world, man, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Golly. Anyway, the same thing's happened um, in Texas. A lot of our crew has been down uh, without power. And it's been a pretty interesting time. It's it's we've gotten by though. Yeah, I, mean, I, I mean, we were prepared. We had fortunately we didn't lose power like a lot of people, so we didn't have to, you know. I guess you could say rough it, you know. But right. we, and my wife had um, been watching the news and reading information, so she had gathered up a bunch of water and stuff like that. So <laughs> had we lost power and. Uh, all of our pipes froze up. We would have had water to drink, you know? <laughs> yeah. At least <laughs> thinking it through, right? Honestly, there are a lot of people that, man, they've just been out during this. Like people in yeah. Texas, especially losing power and having contaminated water and yeah. roofs crashing in because they're no yeah. heat. We, I heard, mean, we heard that today on a manufacturer. Yeah. I mean, just crazy. Yeah, it has been crazy. Anyway. Outside of the snowpocalypse, we are excited about today's podcast and this conversation. We were recently in Texas again and um, hanging out with our good friends from Texas Trophy Hunters. Yeah. I I missed that trip. Yeah. You missed a lot of them. We got to get you back in the loop. I know. I'm ready to get on the road again and go meet some of these new clients that we have. And Yeah. I mean, I've talked to them through email and a few of them on the phone, but... There's nothing like sitting across the table from somebody and talking oh, to no. them about what they love and yeah. what they're doing and seeing that, you know, seeing that passion in their face whenever they talk about it yeah. and all that stuff. I so, think that's, for me, that's what I enjoy the most yeah. of what we do is, especially in the outdoor industry, the our love and passion for hunting is that common bond that brings us together. Right. And uh, knock on wood, almost every time we, we run into people like you're going to hear on the podcast today, it's like we've known these individuals for a long time. Yeah. And so there was, it was no different this time getting to hang out with Christina Pittman and Lauren and the crew from Texas trophy hunters. And then, and then beyond that, this conversation kind of features the founder of Texas, Texas trophy hunters, who is Jerry Johnston. He seems like a pretty funny guy, man. We have listened to clips. I haven't gotten (laughs) to listen to the whole podcast yet, but I've listened to some clips and I can guarantee you, I think you're going to laugh at this. Yeah. This, this uh, (laughs) Jerry was a classic hit right off the bat. Yeah. And we had a blast and he let me know after it was his first podcast wow. ever. I thought I felt pretty honored that we got to do, be the first. <laughs> That's awesome. He said, this thing looks pretty high tech <laughs> 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 or something like that. <laughs> and so um, not only did we get to hang out with them uh, again, I was in camp with Chris Cobbett 
our executive VP at Expedition Enterprises. And because you weren't there, he got to co-host again. Yeah, I know. And he's liking this a little bit too much. I you, bet. You I'm going to have to get down there and kick him out of my seat. You should be threatened. <laughs> <laughs> Cobbett, if you're listening to this, you can't have my seat <laughs> if I'm there. He's not He's not going to change the pay for co-hosting the Tour 12 yeah, podcast. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's hilarious. Anyway, we had an absolute blast getting to hear a little bit of the story of Texas trophy hunters, kind of yeah. how it came about. Yeah. And it's been, it's been pretty cool digging into their, to their organization a little bit, yeah. organization a little bit from creating different graphics and things and talking to Christina, who's yeah. doing a lot of uh, executing what they got going on. Yeah. Just seems like a great, great team. Oh, they're awesome, man. And so I think you guys are going to thoroughly enjoy this podcast. Cody, do you want to say anything else before we dive into it? No, let's go. You ready? Let's All go. right. We're going to dive into this conversation with Jerry Johnston from Texas Trophy Hunters. This is That Conversation. Well, what is up? Welcome to the Tour 12 podcast. Heath Graham here alongside several people at this show. One, my good buddy, Christopher Cobbett. Yes, sir. Chris Cobbett. Nice to be here. From Expedition. We've become like long lost buddies, good friends, work together now. We've got Dave Keith from Texas, the Texas Trophy Hunters Association. And most importantly, in this conversation, we have a legend at the table. I don't know about that. <laughs> Mr. Jerry Johnston. Man, to be honest with you, it's a privilege and an honor to be here recording this podcast with you. I've heard so much about you prior to getting here. And uh, from what I hear in Texas alone, you really are a legend. You're the founder of Texas Trophy Hunters, the Texas Trophy Hunters Association. I believe from what I've heard in 1975, is that correct? Mm -hmm. And so uh, it's a true honor to be here. We're down here working, doing some filming this week. Chris and I are here working. And so just to take this time kind of out of our work schedule and get to know you a little bit better, hear your story, uh, hear the background of even the idea of Texas Trophy Hunters. That's kind of what we're, we're kind of curious about. And then even talk about maybe possibly the transition, you know, from, from what it's been to where it's going, new leadership. Uh, we're just excited to be, be in the room with you and sharing a conversation with you. So welcome to the show. And we're glad to have you, man. I feel privileged to be in your presence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you're. Uh, I think it's the other way around. I'm pretty sure. Would you? Agree, I, Chris? I can tell you this. <laughs> Let me just start by by outing. Let's go, Jerry. So I grew up watching this show, right? Like, right. just a simple, just a simple child in the state of Maine. In grow, Maine, in yeah. Maine, growing up, and I and I had the privilege of watching Texas Trophy Hunters, and it was my first uh, like. I got to see how people do it down there and it was cool. And cause I live in Maine, there was like no deer. If somebody says, Oh, they saw a big buck and a unicorn, everybody kind of calls them a liar and then asks, you know, what color the unicorn was. So, you know, to see a lot of deer on Texas trophy hunters, that was kind of a big deal. So I grew up, I watched every episode there was there. And Jerry was very serious. I mean, a lot of the people that he took out, you know, it was, it was, he had a very special clientele and he did a lot of great episodes and they, there were a lot about giving back, the community and all that but all that being said after getting to spend some time with this crazy man right here he is a completely no, different no, animal not quite so serious. so fun to be around this guy <laughs> yeah we've had a blast and goose <laughs> how do you explain that jerry to the people at home that you've been lying to them this whole time i'm a serious person you are well which part <laughs> 
<laughs> you're, you're talking about the hunting or what? I'm just talking about like everybody thinks that you're like this serious guy, but really you're just a big jokester at heart. <laughs> you really are a prankster. <laughs> I mean, I've known you for a little while here now today, and I can echo what he's saying. It's been a blast. So give us a little background, Jerry. Texas Trophy Hunters, where it come about? What did you do before Texas Trophy Hunters? I mean, give us a little light. That is an interesting journey you just said. <laughs> I mean, honestly. Uh, I, I'm not, I'm not going to go into great detail and take take up a bunch of time, but, uh, I mean, I've done everything you can think of. I sold donuts door to door. They called them spud nuts down in Carpenter Christi <laughs> in my basket off of my bicycle. That was the first real job I ever had, really. Uh, but uh, I... I uh, like any young man, or I, well, some of them don't. But uh, you know, you, you you get you get some kind of a dream in your mind. You want to be like somebody, right? Uh, that you admired, and I'm I admired uh, Ray Scott. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he created this thing called Bass Bass Angler Sportsman Society, mm-hmm. and I just you know uh, I don't know how many people out there that's listening, but you've heard that term if you. Pick out something that you love to do, you won't have to ever work another day in your life. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so I just, you know, looking at Ray, what he did, I, I said, why, why can't we do something like this in, in Texas with deer? And the, the the downside of that is, is you can fish 12 months a year. Right. But you can hunt deer only three, and you're probably cheating two of those weeks. <laughs> <laughs> but... <laughs> But uh, uh, I just, I couldn't imagine uh, a, a club, association, whatever kind of term you want to lay on it, uh, that something that had to do, well, you know, you can, you can broaden the statement by hunting and fishing, but I wanted to, you know, make it hunting. Mm. And I wanted to make it hunting in where I was born, Texas. So... All I knew to do was just kind of pattern uh, what Ray Scott has done, and all all he did, I mean, it, it, more than that, all he did. <laughs> uh, but he he searched out the pros. I mean, there's guys that could catch fish on a buzz bait that other guys couldn't. And there's guys that were worm fishermen, and they could, they could catch fish when nobody else could. And I just wanted to do something similar to that because uh, there's a lot of people, I mean, they don't have a daddy that's got a big ranch and, uh, you know, uh, they got to go to a day lease. And back in the day, in the 50s, that was about 20 bucks a day. Uh, but they just want to hunt. Yeah. And all, all I wanted to do was create a, 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 a union of people that were interested in the same thing and share what we'd learned and didn't learn or how to do or not don't do it that way or whatever and so i think that's what made it popular yeah uh and i and honestly a magazine is all i ever really dreamed of just having a magazine and the first issue um when you're when you're figuring what's something going to cost it's in printing it comes in signatures it either comes in eight page signatures or 16 page signatures so the magazine thickness depends on how many of those eights or sixteens or a combination of both 
is how thick the magazine. Well, our first magazine, now we're talking about the cover, the inside of the front cover, the back cover, inside of the back cover, but total, the first issue of Texas Trophy Hunters was 32 pages. Wow. 16, 16, <laughs> 32. What's, what's it today? It's like 700 pages. Let me see. <laughs> You're looking 100, through it. 152 pages now. Wow. Oh. But anyway, that was that was the whole deal. Uh, and uh, it, it uh, kind of caught fire, I guess, and uh, got popular. And I'll be honest with you, there's some, some real tough years. <laughs> <laughs> Before it got cooking, you know, yeah. where you could pay the bills and the check no amounts. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> I was going to ask you what were some of the early early day stages you faced from a business standpoint? Was it just finding the advertisement for the magazine to fund it, or were there other things involved? Um, I guess an honest answer would be all of the above. Yeah. I mean, because there were there were years that. Uh, I mean, everybody wanted to be your helper. You know, when we when we do an event or, or had a deer contest or whatever, we had a lot of people that had their heart. Uh, they just want to be part of the deal, right? You know, and uh, I get I guess that's you know what, what kept it alive. But there was a I don't know about a three year period of time. Uh, I didn't know if I was going to make ends meet. <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, my CPA can tell all kinds of stories about that. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, it uh, it lived, uh, and I think it's something that will never be forgotten. Uh, I think it's something that everybody's going to hang on to for the rest of their life. Uh, and issues of the magazine uh, – I had I don't have a clue, but if you've got a a mint condition first issue that thirty two issue yeah. magazine a thirty two page magazine that's right talking about if you got a copy of that that's in mint condition I think you could auction it off. <laughs> I mean, there's just not very many of them because. The first issue, as best I can tell, that I could afford, I think we pit, reprinted uh, 3,800 copies. That's, that's pretty good for year one, though, right? Oh, that's, that's... I mean, if I was launching a magazine the I first year... I mean, it wasn't nothing... Hey, yeah, look, there's, 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 there's people in the feeder business that got a, got a catalog bigger than that. <laughs> <laughs> but they, they'd probably like to have that subscription base. Up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. How did you... I got a question for you. When did you know, okay, we... I think we made it. I think I think this is a thing. I think it's doing good. I mean, like the, the rock stars like to say, you know, when they're starting to get a lot of autographs and then and the pretty girls like to sign on their leg and stuff. I mean, was that, did that happen to you? I and mean, when did you know you made it? Well, they like to sign, but not on my leg. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, uh, I, was, no, I was keeping no, it PG. No, I know, where you, I know what you're trying to say. Uh, honestly, mm. um, there was great interest early. I was surprised. I mean, there were there were people. I'm, I'm talking about people, you know, that that had the wherewithal. Uh, were just, you know, Trumpers. <laughs> I'm not a Trump, but you know that that sort of deal. Uh, it the 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 interest was immense. 
and I and I think it all had to do, I mean, why it was that way, because they're people from Texas, and you know, Texas is a big place. Uh, we got South Texas, we got East Texas, we got West Texas, we got North Texas. I mean, there's a lot of Texas, <laughs> and we tried to cover the whole deal, and and the input that we got that we printed or wrote stories or articles and so forth about were actually, in most cases, from people that are members. They weren't professional writers, mm -hmm. but they told their stories. That's that's a huge thing. Oh, and, yeah. and, and Dave, you know, he echoes this. Him and I had that conversation the other day because we were looking at some of the cover photos the last couple months, and that is huge. It's a, it's a selfless uh, philosophy because the TV show was always about, you know, taking somebody hunting that it meant a lot to them, right? Mm -hmm. Like, it was always about that person. That episode was about that person. If you look through the magazine, it's filled with member stories. It's always about somebody else, right? Like, you know, it's definitely a philosophy change because, you know, so many people in, in our industry, in media, in television, yeah. I'm not saying it's wrong, but they're charismatic people. They make the show about themselves, right? And I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm just saying it's a different philosophy. With Texas Trophy Hunters, it was always about the membership in the magazine, right? It was always about promoting the people of Texas. And then it was always about the person that the television show was about. And, and it's different. It's a different philosophy. But, you know, why did you go that route? Why did you, did you do that? Just because... You thought that worked best, or you know, why did you always stay with that philosophy? Well, I'm, I'm, I'll be honest with you. Uh, you know, we, we had our TV show, so I, I obviously watched uh, the Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel. You know, I, I watched them all. Uh, it's just like in politics, I watch CNN as much as I do Fox News. And you got to see what both people, are, you know. Yeah, you, you, definitely you know, you two sides it. of the same coin. And and uh, <laughs> and and. and uh, all, all I'm all I'm saying is that uh, uh, all I could judge by was the response. Yeah, and it it just seemed like it was just a ball of information, uh, and and it and it attracted, uh, according to how many, you know, uh, at the time. Only thing I knew that was close to the hunters' extravaganza, and I can tell you a story about that too. But uh, that was close to was the boat show. Yeah, the boat show. That was it. Boat show. And so, um, actually, the first get together created the shows. And what I mean by that is that we called our first gathering. Uh, a convention, Texas Trophy Hunters Association convention. And and it was a gathering. And it happened at a at a, a, a small hotel. It wasn't small, but um, Trop, Hotel Tropican was on the Riverwalk in downtown San Antonio, tourist place. Sounds tropical. Yeah. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> And uh, it was a sit, it was a sit down dinner. Some of the guys that you read about, I can show you pictures uh, that you read about that are, that have become well known outdoor writers and so forth. Larry Wyson, for instance, yes sir, he was in the audience. I got pictures of it. 
he you couldn't keep him somebody like him way there. And there was other guys, you know, but the first deal was a was a real hit because you just got a bunch of like people together in the same place and that's camaraderie. Right or wrong. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know. And so, you know, we had a deer contest. Uh, we built a little old thing, and I, I, we might have had 30, 40 head of deer that people entered, and we gave prizes and all that stuff. And, and the local people, uh, for instance, now uh, you got Texas, Texas Hunter Supplies, that's what it's called. Anyway, they, they build deer blinds and fish feeders and all that sort of thing. But originally that company was called Braden Wire and Metal. And their claim to fame back in the 70s was an aluminum fold-out, folded-over tripod stand that a a skinny guy could carry it with one hand. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And you just walk out there, pop, pop, pop. You don't flip it out. You're up 12 feet. And, And... Anyway, these these different people that had these feeders, there was layman feeders and there was braiding wire and metal and there was all these companies that were making things for the deer industry, a lot of deer feeders. But 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 the but the whole deal was they came up to me and they said, Look, we're just having dinner here. <laughs> we're just a bunch of us got together and we're having dinner. And you got a deer contest. And I, I didn't even really know what they meant when they when they made the statement. They said, "Why don't you fix it to where we people that manufacture this stuff can buy a booth?" And I paused a little bit and I thought about that. <laughs> I said, well, "That ain't a bad idea." <laughs> <laughs> and so the first get together we had was not open to the public. It wasn't open to the public. It was just us guys, you know. And uh, next thing I know, we were we were moving because we didn't have enough room where we were at. I mean, it's just a ballroom in a hotel. I mean, we might have could sold twelve booths, maybe something, and we didn't even sell them. They said, "So why don't you do this?" And I said, "Well, well we can do that." So I talked to the decorator and I said, "How much does it cost to put up one of these booths?" And he said, "Whatever it was at the time." And I said, hey, I'll be tickled to death. I can just break break even on this deal. <laughs> and so we did. And it set that trend. And we went from that little hall to another uh, lobby to assembly hall. It was sort of a circular mini afterdome. Uh, we filled that up. And then we went to the San Antonio Convention Street, down on Commerce Street. And... Uh, I had a nightmare before that first show. I, 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 I'm serious. I had a real nightmare. Was it that someday you'd be well, doing a podcast? Well, it was because I was, I, was, <laughs> I, was, I was always always afraid I was going to forget to do some real key thing mm-hmm, that yeah. I should have done, you know. And I had this nightmare. And the nightmare told me, Jerry, you didn't give the money to the radio stations. You, there's no publicity. Nobody knows this show is going to go on. <laughs> honestly, that happened, and so I, I, honestly, I, I think I slept about three hours uh, from midnight to three. And uh, and when those doors opened and those people started flowing in there, I knew I'd done something right. I did something right. 
because they showed up. How many people was at that first event? In all, in, in, in all honesty, uh, we were in a hall. It was uh, 50,000 square feet. Uh, it was, I'm going to say, 60% full. Yeah. Uh, probably, if you didn't lie to the public, uh, probably we probably had visitation of, uh, I'm, I'm going to bet, like 7,000 people. So wow. one event that's strong. The first real yeah, event right. for the first yeah. real one. Oh, yeah. But it was just, no, it, it, that's all it is. I mean, you, you know, everybody's got a hobby or a passion in their life. And if they can go into a building with a whole bunch of other people just exactly the way they are, yeah. they're having a good time. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> they're having a good time. Yeah. Can you give us a chronological breakdown of... From, so the magazine was your first thing, right? That was in '75. When right. did the the TV show start? When did the? I mean, you just told 1999. us. 1999. The only person that got on the airways, it basically, I think, he, I think that I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fess up here. I think there was probably three months ahead of us, but Buckmasters had a television show, and we got on Fox Sports Southwest. Yeah. And uh, we came in there second. And, uh, well, I, look, you got to understand Texas people. <laughs> Texas people think this is a state. They think it's a country. We think it's a country. I thought it was a different <laughs> I've country. I've said that for years. <laughs> uh, I've said that for years. It's and, a country. And, and, I mean, no, there, I'm, I, I, I left out of one word. They think it's their country. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> and they think that their country ends at the, between us and Louisiana and, and Oklahoma. You know what? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, Texas Texans are, are real proud people, uh, real proud of where they came from, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but it was, I, I don't know how to say it other than just, it just, it worked. So you think, so you... You begin airing basically the same time as Jackie Bushman yeah. over at Buckman. Right. So it, right. I mean, I have a very serious question. I've, I've often, often wondered this. You know, it, in terms of an arm wrestling competition, do you think that you could take him? Do you think you could take <laughs> Jackie Bushman? Bushman? Jack, do you think you got Bushman in an arm wrestling competition? Get out of here, man. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you're, like you got you're, the, get the you're power. Des, you're describing some guy that you've convinced he can whip Mohammed Ali. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That is awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. So in so '99 was the show. What year did the, did the trade show start or the convention? <clears throat> well, it started in '75. Uh, at the same time of the magazine, then. Well, there was two issues that came out in 1975. I apologize. I okay. said it started in 75. 76 was the first time we had to get together, but we put out two issues okay. in 75. Okay. And it was the fall and winter because then we were just quarterly. Now we're bi-monthly. Right. Or they're, they're bi-monthly. They're bi- <laughs> we're going we're gonna to get to that in a minute. Yeah. Yeah. Good days, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome, man. And so then you just saw it continuously grow from 75, 76, and the shows grew all the way until 99 when the television show it, launched. It, 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 was, it was very, you know, total satisfaction. Yeah. I mean, how many times do you dream about something that you want to be this way or that way, 
and it actually works. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you joke around a lot, but but you've been successful for a reason, and I think there's some things that it's not just all fun and games. There's a business side to it, and you mentioned going some ups and downs. But but what do you think the key to that success was for you? I mean, it didn't. It happened, but it well, didn't well, just happen. Well, no, if that no, makes I'm going to answer that because that's always been a that's always been a uh, subject that I I take great pride in convincing myself that I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but that's uh, Cobbett. It, that's <laughs> definitely look, Cobbett. Look, don't let that look, slow no, you down. No, here's here's the deal. Look, there's all kinds of groups on Facebook now. You got Carvet groups. You got Chevrolet truck groups. You got all these. All I'm saying is, I think that that was the reason that that it caught on fire, and is still going today, is because we had a specific species concern. Yeah, we were we were pinpointing a special interest group. That's whitetail hunters mm-hmm. in Texas. And in Texas, is big, so you can say, well, we, we almost could have started different chapters. We would have South Texas trophy hunters. We could have East Texas, West Texas, North Texas. We could have done Maine all those trophy things. hunters. Maine, Maine trophy hunters. I don't feel Maine. like Maine trophy hunters. Now, see, you start bragging about that if you think you're first. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, you know, it's funny because you say that, but I and you guys obviously lived it, but, you know, I've hunted a ton of places in Texas, and... And they say it always wasn't like this, you know. Like, obviously, we've been all over Texas, especially in the last 12 days. We've been bouncing all over right. Texas. But they say it wasn't, you know, wasn't as good as it was today. In the last yeah. 45 years, the, the population in Texas and the hunting opportunities in Texas have have grown dramatically as, you know, people have put focus on this part of the world. I mean, do you, I got to believe that, that some of that had to be attributed to the, you know, the eyeballs being being put there because of Texas trophy hunters. Do you think that that's true? I mean, I make stuff up a lot. So. <laughs> well, if I said it is true, <laughs> done. Print it. <laughs> no, uh, there, They had no place else to go. I mean, no, nobody was catering to their mental fantasies in life. I don't know. That's probably sounds a little weird, but. <laughs> But, I mean, no, nobody catered to them. I mean, they all, look, in the old days, we had deer leases and we had day leases. Uh, mm. Back in the 60s, day lease cost about 20 bucks a day, something like that. And uh, that was one way you could get in and out of doors for not too much. You know, you didn't have to, you know, finance your car, you know, refinance your car or something like that. Yeah. But, uh, it 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 became popular. Because, look, find the need, create a desire, and sell them the solution. That's what we did. We made we made a we made a deal that if you want this, we got to at least break be, break even. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's that's all it was. It was a want and a need, and we fulfilled it. Well, it's for twelve dollars and fifty cents a That year. sounds really right. simple, but yeah. that's a great business principle takeaway right there. Oh, for as, sure. As easy as he made that sound, that's a huge key to success in business and life. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, well, it worked for me. <laughs> well, let's talk about that for a second. For I mean, a it, while. <laughs> this is this is forty-five years strong, and it, it's it's past the test of time. 
And you've you've essentially passed the torch over here to my man Dave. I mean, I don't know that there was a lot of other applicants, but but this is the guy. <laughs> well, look, look, let me tell you about Dave now. I, I, I want to hear about him. Dave. I, I didn't go to high school with him, but, <laughs> but I will tell you this. Please uh, tell us about He'll Dave. come up with the correct figure if, if you say, what's 2 times 12 times 6 times 7 minus 71? <laughs> he, he, he'll know the right answer. May take and I wasn't ever very good at that. <laughs> All <laughs> All, it, all I knew was how much money I had left when I got through with my latest big deal. You know? <laughs> let's let's transition this here. So, Jerry, just for our listening audience, and I'm curious too, how old are you now? If you don't mind, I don't normally ask that on a podcast. Uh, it's a well, it's, it's not fair to tell you. Well, it is fair, but I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to explain it a little different. Uh, right now, I'm 76. Okay. But on May 25th, I'm going to be 77. Okay. That's a lucky couple of numbers right Yeah. There. For sure. So, so, so all these years, you're in retirement now, correct? Right. Okay. And obviously, whatever you call that. If just being out here, if I'm going to retire, I want to retire like Jerry asked. I'm wondering right, what the daily awesome. rate is. I think we only would need a day here. You have a day. Yeah. What's rate the daily? Here? If it's twenty bucks, I've got twenty, 20 bucks. bucks. Me and Covid are in on twenty. We've bucks got twenty day bucks. Rate. Just one day. That's all we need. <laughs> Don't never mind him. <laughs> All right, so I'm known other days. <laughs> I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. So, so walk us through this transition part for you as a founder of this amazing company. What was it like for you personally, transitioning, retiring, Dave, and, and the crew's kind of running the show now? Was it was it hard? Was it easy? No, it wasn't easy. No, it, 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 it it's never easy to bow out or something. Yeah. Uh, but sometimes you just got to come to grips and say, you know, look, you got to make up your mind. Yeah. You're going to die with it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you got other grandeurs, you know. Yeah. Ideas of grandeur. Yeah. And uh, 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 Dave did a good job. Yeah. Yeah. I imagine it could be challenging, though, and, and tough to, to make that move. Well, you don't, you don't want to give nothing up. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But obviously, it was a good transition because you're still hanging out with that's Dave. Like, that's, <laughs> like a, that's like a 60-year-old boxer. You know? Yeah. He should have quit when he was 30. Hey, Tyson, Tyson just boxed not long ago, <laughs> right, right? Right. That's He's right. Fat. Well, yeah. I used to be a boxer, matter of fact. I used to box tomatoes over in Yoakum. <laughs> that answers the Jackie Bushman question. <laughs> <laughs> that is great. So so let's flip over to Dave here. Is is obviously a transition for our listening audience. Give us an idea of what that transition, when did it happen, number one, and what's it been like for you? Well, that, so the ex- transition actually started up almost 15 years ago. So, oh, wow. so Jerry, Jerry um, sold a, a majority of trophy hunters back then to uh, a group led by Dr. Jim Leininger. Okay. Um, and, and I've worked for Dr. Jim since around 2011. Okay. And worked with trophy hunters from the from the side of I was in the family office uh, that that uh, helped to oversee trophy hunters, particularly from a financial standpoint. But so I've known Jerry though about probably roughly four years now, and okay. so a couple of years before I moved into the role at trophy hunters, uh, Jerry and I started hanging out and started started having lunch pretty often and and getting to know each other and just uh, I was very fortunate, really blessed to be able to spend that time with him. Because I learned a ton about trophy hunters at the time, having no freaking clue that that's where I was going to wind up. Wow! <laughs> I'm thinking I'm just learning from this guy. You know, he's really well established. He's known all over the state. 
he knows a ton about hunting and deer and the deer industry and all that. I'm thinking, man, this is just a great opportunity to sit and hang out with this guy. You feel guilty about it, Jack? No, not at all. <laughs> I didn't either yeah. when I got one. Right. No, not at all. And so, so I'm thinking, well, this is really cool. And and um, then a couple of years ago, the, the opportunity came up to actually be able to transition to the leadership role at Texas Trophy Hunters. And so they came to me and said, you know, would you would you would you really would you like to go over and run Texas Trophy Hunters? I'm going, oh my God, yes, where do I sign up? <laughs> yeah, so, because I certainly I knew Jerry, I knew the organization, I knew the team that was already there, right. and I loved hunting yeah. and still do, and and just. It's like, oh my gosh, this is like a dream job. Yeah. I'm still working my tail off, but I'm having a great time doing it. Yeah. Doing something that I'm just incredibly passionate about. Yeah. And so hunting in Texas is just a real important part of what, to me, what Texas is yeah. and who Texas is. And yeah. so to, to be able to have a role to just really promote that in the state and really keep that going, to me, that's a big deal. Um, yeah, you know, it's absolutely. like you talked about passion and, and my goodness, this team has a passion for that. There's still so much, it, so. you know, we, you and I have, we've bounced around the last 12 days at different camps, you yeah. know, dealing with, we've got a host of uh, manufacturers in and, and, uh, and they see the power and I guess yeah. power is the right word because, you know, Jerry's built this thing up and you've <coughs> taken that torch and run with it yeah. and manufacturers come into camp and they said, look, this is a huge market for us and yeah. we want to affect that market. And because of that, um, manufacturers that we dealt with this week, they all were like, yeah. we're not doing enough here. Yeah. You know, we realize that you guys have the pulse on this organ, you know, in this part of the world, this geography. We know the neighborhood. You know, everybody, right, everybody's got one of these magazines in their house. You know, it's on the coffee table. They're watching the the television show. They've demanded. I mean, we've had that conversation. They've demanded to bring it back. So you guys are bringing back a digital series for uh, Texas Trophy Hunters and, and, and just expanding that operation, largely because the population has has wanted it yeah. right and yeah. and uh, and again you have that pulse on this geography and manufacturers are are, are coming forward because they see it and they see it because yeah. of what was built by Jerry and handed off to you. So it's, yeah. it's a big deal, yeah. man. I mean, no, no pressure, but it's a huge responsibility, man. I don't no know if you were able to sleep at night. Yeah. Like you're under pressure, no, 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 not at all. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but, but I come into this following a, that 45 year legacy. Cause if you think about, you know, so Horace Gore is another guy that's been a uh, really important guy in the history of Texas trophy hunters and in the history of Texas deer hunting. Between Jerry and Horace and a handful of other pioneers, those, these guys have really driven this hunting industry in the state of Texas. And so back in 1975, you didn't see 145-point uh, deer. Inch, that didn't yeah. happen. Um, inch, you mean? Yeah, 145 inch I ain't deer. seen 145 points. Well, you did, but sometimes it's hit by a truck. You'd right. suck it up and pay the day rate. Right. Maybe you would, Heath. <laughs> <laughs> but but you didn't see that. But a lot of the reason that uh, you know all that that is so different now is the education and the research and all the things that went into that. The the things that Jerry and Horace and all of those guys did starting back around 1975 is a lot of the the seeds of what we're harvesting now. Yeah. And so so you just you didn't see that. It, this it was a very different world then. But it's a it's a significantly better hunting environment than it ever was oh, 45 absolutely. years ago. So. Absolutely. Could could I break in? Sure. What, because you brought Horace up. Yep. Could I could I interject a introduce, observation? Introduce Horace for, <laughs> for one, for uh, our audience. Well, there's no way 
for me to know when I ask this question, how many people are going to raise their hand, but how many people have seen, seen Lonesome Dove? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Horace Gore is Gus. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, he carried it so far, he even has one leg like Gus right. did. That's right. <laughs> he I went mean, all in. Kind of carried away he was all that, right? in, man. I'm Horace <laughs> being your editor. Yeah. yeah. For our He's the editor and, of the magazine. I mean, right. and, and Dave's right. I mean, he is just as much a part of Texas Trophy Hunters and its evolution as I am. Horace was big game program director for Texas Parks and Wildlife for, for 38 years. He ran all the big stuff for the for the state department for wildlife. And he uh, retired and came to me and, and he played his cards right because he said, yeah. <laughs> Just like that. <laughs> hey, do that one more time. That was great. Yeah, I've been thinking about something. <laughs> That's great. He said, those Benavides brothers down there in Laredo, they want to start this magazine called Trofeo. <laughs> and he said, I've studied it. And I'll be honest with you, I'm not going to hang my hat on a nail that's no more steady than that. So... <laughs> I'm coming to you. Is there any possibility you hire me as editor of the magazine? I said, you hired. Now, I fired him three times. <laughs> yep. I fired him three different times because he'd just get a little rowdy every now, you know. And uh, But I hired him back three times. Yeah, like the next and day. And he's still with us from the third time. So, no, he's a part of the fixture. And uh, you know, I'm trying to be tacky, uh, but he's almost as smart as me. <laughs> <laughs> almost. For our audience, for our listening audience, give us some background. How old is Horace? How long has he been with Horse, Texas? Horace uh, is, I know he's 86. I think wow. he's 86. He may be yeah. 87. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I don't know. I don't even know his birthday, but he probably don't want mine either. But, yeah. But, uh. Horace is very much intact mentally. Yeah. Still editing. And he's got a knowledge base that's unexhaustible. Yeah. I've never heard of that. I mean, 80-something years old. Yeah. been editing a magazine that You long. talk to him on the phone, you're going to think you're talking to him. Really? Yeah. Or yeah. somebody younger. Yeah. Because yeah. he's he don't miss a lick. You made a comment as we were talking prior to recording outside today that if it wasn't for Horace and his heart for this company... Texas Trophy Hunters might not still be around. Well, now, I ain't going to believe that shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Can you beep that? <laughs> no. This is, this is reality. This is reality radio. We call this reality radio. <laughs> my bad. I thought you said that. Said that, that. Maybe you just dreamed <laughs> that Maybe part. I dreamed that. <laughs> well, you're just thinking, though. So you're just thinking wrong. That's all. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and, and just to give you an example, you know, earlier this week we were talking about some deer were dropping their horns early this yeah. year, and that seemed to be an issue, uh, even for this hunt. And um, so I called up one of my staff, and I said, call Horace. Find out what he knows about this. I mean, like 15 minutes later, I have an article 
Really? That, that explains, here's how this happens. It's going, wow. how do you do that? And it's the truth. <laughs> and it's the truth. I mean, and it's, you know, it's, it's, it's factually correct. Yeah. And pretty interesting. So, yeah. so I mean, that's the kind of guy we're dealing with. Here's He's what's got. factually correct. This is one of the many, many reasons I love Texas. It's January. And we're hunting. I yeah. know. And we're hunting deer. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to throw thing. that out there. Yeah. That it's January and we're hunting deer. That's awesome. So, yeah, we, we like can, Texas. We can even <laughs> harvest those into February with certain permits. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you know this, but I like to hunt stuff. Bob actually <laughs> likes to hunt. Just it's a saying. very tender word you use there. This is really, I like Texas. Yes. <laughs> I do have a question um, on the controversial side of in modern times with the magazine and with the name of Texas Trophy Hunters. Have you guys had any kickback with the name Texas Trophy, specifically Trophy Hunters? Yeah. If you have, how have you went about that? I just know with the whole line thing and everybody's negative connotation towards that. Has it affected y'all? Yes and no. Um, there are certainly those folks who don't want to hear our side of that story. Yeah. Um, and certainly as the, as the organization has evolved, um, we've really kind of gotten away from just complete trophy hunters. Right. It's not about the antlers on the wall. Um, and, and so we really t focus on the trophy experience. Yeah. And so basically the trophy is the experience. Absolutely. Maybe it's the antlers. Maybe it's that chicken fried steak that you're having for dinner tonight, but more than anything, it's about the time you spend with people, yeah. your family and your friends and people that you love getting your kids into the outdoors and, and getting all those, those folks doing the same thing. So I shouldn't um, I shouldn't hold my breath for uh, Texas coal buck hunters. Uh, no, because no. I was I really feel like I could shine on that one. Texas management <laughs> buck hunters, Texas doe killers. You start a whole another magazine, right? And you can have your own magazine. Yeah, <laughs> those are, those were all planned as subchapters. Yeah. Oh, good. Because yeah, right. yeah. that's my You'll time fit to in shine. Somewhere, I, I, yeah. My time to shine. Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> but but you know, there's certainly those folks who will, who will never um, accept the word trophy uh, yeah. for any reason at all. Yeah. But, but if anybody who's ever hunted, particularly hunted here in Texas, knows that the trophy is the experience. Absolutely. So. I couldn't echo that more. I was just sitting here thinking the trophy is the experience. Yeah. Like I think the, even the term trophy has done as much for hunting as anything because yeah. it has brought so much attention to the experience. Mm -hmm. Whether it's the size of the deer or that it took 21 days to kill him. Yeah. Or if you killed him in 30 minutes. Yeah. On a, day, on a day pass. Yeah, on a day pass. And that's never <laughs> happened your in your life. <laughs> then you'll never forget that experience, yeah. you know. Yeah. And so that is the trophy. Yeah. It's so. a vivid memory. Yes. One of one of the guys that writes for us is Gary Robertson. Um, and he is on um, he's on TV with um, a TV show and he's a he's a predator hunter. And in one of his recent articles he said basically the hunter gets to decide what the trophy is. Yeah. So that's yeah. that's whose place it is. Well, the decide. other half of it is 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 the regionality. Well, is that, that's a is that a word? Yeah. Can I use that, Heath? Yeah. The regionality. I mean, I would argue that no other state, no other state, could do a a trophy hunters magazine and get the draw that that Texas would. I mean, there's there's regions certainly like the Midwest, on um, the Southeast, but to do it, you know, to give it a state title like that. And I think it's because Texas trophy hunting really is its own thing. I mean, you think of the Canadian hunter. I mean, like, you don't talk about a provincial deal. Like, the Canadian hunter, you think of, like, cold, freezing your tail off. You right. Yeah. You think of that. Then you think of the Midwest. You know, you think of the South, Southeast Georgia, Louisiana, that kind of stuff. But Texas, the style of hunting, all of that stuff, it just lends itself to needing its own 
publication and its own yeah. television show because there is it's 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 a style it's a style you don't see anywhere else it is but this is how powerful the brand has become it is texas trophy hunters association but it is now branched outside of the state of texas absolutely you have members outside of the state yeah. did you ever foresee that happening now wait a minute i'm gonna correct you okay uh we do that sometimes with Heath. Yeah, we, he's so he's awesome. We, I love it. We look. We we started out in their home base, San Antonio. Uh, the next town that we went to was Houston, and then uh, a member name was Harold Plemons. Finally, after a long campaign, convinced me to hold a show in Fort Worth. Not Dallas, Fort Worth. And it was held for the, the whole rodeo. And I'm just telling you this, for a first-time show, it blew every other city off of the map. Mm. I'm talking about, I mean, but you, you, you got to understand it all equates to population. Yeah. The greater Fort Worth Dallas complex, when you add all of those people, you know, at Duncanville, you name it, and and then you go out another say fifty miles, which is not too far. That show turned into the biggest crowd drawing Barnum and Bailey circus about <laughs> deer <laughs> that anybody ever saw. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I could tell you some big time stories about that, uh, but I, I could I could not believe it. We started out there, Eamon Carter Hall, where the whole rodeo, Will Rogers Center. Uh, we started out. They they had they had two two convention halls, and they were fifty thousand square feet apiece. We started out with one of them, and by the next year, we were overflowing that one. And the way you got in this hall is you had to go down these escalators from the parking lot, and these halls were on the left. On the right, there was a small hall, but we ended up filling up all the, the booth space there was on the right-hand side, down the walls where you got off the escalator on both sides, and then two doors going into this 100,000 square foot over there. I'm talking about it solid people. <laughs> I mean, it was mind-boggling. I'm serious. Uh, those people up there are serious about their hunting. Mm -hmm. And when we looked at it, and we tried everything on the side. Well, first of all, the first show, I mean, look, they're, they're, they sit the hall up for what they set it up for. But when my crowd came to town, <laughs> they didn't have enough ticket windows. Mm -hmm. We built a trailer. A trailer enclosed with a little air conditioner on top that we pulled out in front that had three windows on both sides to diffuse the people that were backed up. And I'm not kidding you. Wow. I can prove this. A block that way when you're looking at the door and a block and a half that way. Wow. People standing in line. And we had people, we had girls, nice girls, uh, Let's clarify. Was that. going out and pre-selling pre the tickets. Yeah. We, they were walking down the line. We get you in a little quicker. Just give me the money and here's a ticket. You know, and it worked. And you had scalpers. <laughs> you had scalpers. No, it it looked like that though. It did look like that. But but I'm serious. Uh, 
I got, you know, we, we all carried a little two-way, you know, microphone, you know. And um, the closest thing I got to a little brother's name is Danny Hurt. Uh, he called me on the on the, the two-way, and he said, we got a problem. You need to get up here. And it was an escalator where it came down. And I, I got out, of, you know, you got to get, I mean, the halls are full. You can't run to the bathroom. <laughs> Restroom, I meant. <laughs> uh, uh, and finally I, I got over there and I got to the bottom of the escalators and I said Danny where are you at he said I'm up here at the top of the escalators so there was a little side you had to walk up it, you know those were going like that but but I got up there and I said what's the problem he said follow me oh, <laughs> from no. Alabama follow me <laughs> and so we walked out the front door and I thought he was going to tell me something special you know and we got out there and and there, you know all this influx of people was going in those, you know, two two double doors, and and we got out there. We got just outside the crowd, and I said, "What? What's going on? What What you so excited about?" He said, "Come on, follow me." So he walked another thirty yards out front. He said, "I turn around and look," and that's when I saw that the lines were going both ways, out of the out of the front door to get into the show. Wow! I mean, it was awesome. It was just, I mean, I could, I, it was a blessing. That's what it was. It was and people from all over the country. Oh, they were just, they were frothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's so cool about this. I mean, part of the story, not obviously not all yeah. of it, but it's a Texas-based hunting organization. Right. And people from all, and still, to, that, to this day, people yeah. from all over the country are coming. Yeah. Right, right. What is that, how does that personally, inside, how do your heart, your soul, what's that make you feel like? Just wow, or what? Yeah, it's a big, a great big wow. Uh, uh, I guess it's it's a uh, uh, feeling of satisfaction that you did something right. Yeah, I guess. I guess that's what it would be. Yeah, it would be. Uh, you know, I made a lot of mistakes, but I didn't make it. <laughs> oh, this one! Yeah, you yeah, did pretty you, good on this you one, buddy. Hit it right on that one. Yeah. No, it's been a it's it's been a a, a really wild ride. Uh, I guess that's the way to describe it. Uh, it ain't over. No, it's not. It's just getting it's just getting cranked up. I think my man Dave over here. Let's talk about that elephant in the room for a second. <laughs> the uh, the guy with all the pressure. Right. I, know, right. I feel there's a lot of pressure on you, Dave. It's okay, though. It's all right. <laughs> the, uh, I would say, I mean, you're, you guys are gearing up for a big show season this mm -hmm. summer. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, obviously, the elephant in the room is the big COVID. You know, when it's it shut a lot of things down this year. You know, we haven't attended the ATA show or the SHOT show. and But the word on the street is that uh, the uh, extravaganzas are still going to take place. You know, what do you think, what do you think they're going to be like? I mean, what do you expect? I think it's going to be crazy because it, we're probably going to be one of the first shows back um, and certainly one of the biggest hunting shows back, uh, hunting and outdoor shows, you know, in a long time. There's a lot of pent-up demand, and so there are a lot of people. I mean, we get calls every day. Are you having extravaganzas? Are you having extravaganzas? It's yes, with, we're on. You know, and so we are fully planning to have that. We were starting to get a lot of exhibitors signed up. Actually starting to get a lot of 
literally worldwide exhibitors signed up because a lot wow. of the people that hit the, the Dallas Safari and SCI shows couldn't go to this year. And so we're start, suddenly starting to get a lot of calls from overseas going, oh. we're going to be marketing in the fall. We don't normally do that. That's normally when we're hunting, mm-hmm. but we're going to be marketing. We want a booth. And so, so the, the phones are really starting to heat up. The, the, uh, the signups are really starting to heat up. And so I think, it, I think it's going to be. I mean, do you attribute it 100% or just 90% to the fact that Expedition is going to be there? Shameless plug, shameless plug. <laughs> <laughs> shameless plug. Tom, it's such a background market guy. I'm telling Marketer. you. I'm, shameless I'm telling you. plug. You, you know you're just riding our coattails. So. I, mean, I, just, I don't know if you know this. I got a lot of skinny kids, you know, just trying to make it in this world. You know, I want to be sitting around, like, telling stories like you're like, you hey, didn't right, know. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, if, it just blew if, up. I was, if I was Dave, I'd be willing to give away a gold embossed card uh, that said uh, 10% get out of jail free. I like it. <laughs> it works good. I'm in. Yeah. I, I think the shows are going to be lit. I mean, we're, we're really getting a lot of interest already. And so, sure. so, you know, I think, I think the vaccine's going to get us way down that road to be prepared for that. Yeah. And I talked to, I mean, we, like I said, we talked to many manufacturers this week on, and, and several of them were like, we we're like literally the one that we have in camp right now, which remain nameless mm-hmm. uh, it's until sick. the next podcast. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's sick. Yeah. Um, it's somebody that makes guns. So, right. Yeah. They, they, uh, their show season is essentially canceled, Yeah, but they're gearing up for September. And when we said, Hey, there's going to be shows this yeah. summer. Yep. Instantly we're in, put us a booth up. We're ready to roll. Yeah. So I think that, I think you're right. I think that manufacturers are, are dying to have a place to display. Yeah. And I think that, uh, you know, it's going to open some doors, but quite frankly, where people were inundated with the regular show season they've been cranking along for years. Yeah. Now they have this opportunity because the other ones aren't there. It's going to focus some attention and light back on the the extravaganzas. Yeah. 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 I think so. I, I 100% think so. agree. I mean, even us as a, I mean, we've attended shows for years and as a matter of fact, right now, we wouldn't be here right now if, it, if the show yeah, season we, was we'd regular. Yeah, we'd be at the ATA yeah, shot. We'd be at ATA we'd, shot yeah, show. Yeah. And so even ourselves are, are looking forward to get back to it. So I agree. I think it's going to be an incredible time of people getting back into show season. Some people would say they'd rather be hunting in January than going to shows. Not me, I mean, I mean, so that was my first thing when we learned that the shows were canceled. I was like, what? Well, guess and we're going hunting. Guess yeah, we're going hunting. And guys. we're going hunting now. Yeah. <laughs> Take your mindset in time backwards to late 1700s. I like where you're going. They uh, they had a get-together, um, and there were different ones, but they had a get-together get of the mountain people, uh, the farmers, called Rendezvous. And they, it was a once-a-year deal, and they'd, they'd, they'd end up at some big old meadow somewhere where everything they needed was there. And they'd get together and they'd throw hatchets and knives and arm wrestle and fist fight and do all kinds of stuff. But it was a once a year gathering where you came together and this guy that lived on that mountain talked to the guy that lived on this mountain. It was a rendezvous. It was a time to exchange what had went on in the last year in their world. And, 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 and I'm just telling you that the extravaganza is just like that mm-hmm. because you run into people that you haven't seen since last year mm-hmm. or maybe since high school. And it's just a bunch of like people that came together 
and it, it, it they can't wait till the, to come off again. Yeah, mm-hmm. and we try. You know, the first one was big, but we we regionalized it. You know, we we got something over in Houston, we got some up in Dallas, Fort Worth, there in San Antonio, and whatever. And then after that, we got real gutsy. We even held one in Kenner, Louisiana, just on the edge of New Orleans. And then we went to Jacksonville in Tampa. We had shows there. We competed with the Buckmasters in Atlanta. I quickly learned they just don't like my South Texas dialect or something. <laughs> I, <don't know. laughs> I can tell You're you. You're a furner. But I know all those guys. You know, all those guys you see on TV, we all know each other. Yeah. And, and we're just all a part of a cult. So I mean, that sounds like kind of mean, but uh, I mean, I mean, we're, we all, we're all in this life for the same thing. We do what we like to do. We like to hunt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we learn from each other. And, and uh, I, I don't ever remember anybody getting in fisticuff, you know, or disagreement that were outdoorsmen. I don't care what yeah. they were doing. That's what I like the most about like the, the extravaganza or any 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 me consumer show, Harrisburg or any of those. What I like about them the most is that you know social media is so powerful and and people have a chance on there to talk to each other. But what you see sometimes on social media is dissent among hunters, which we hate to yeah. see, right? You know, I shoot a crossbow, you shoot a bow, and then right. they fight about. You hardly ever see that at a show it, it those shows when people are there in person and they're looking at stuff it brings out the best in hunters yeah and uh and that's what i like to see yeah. the so. only argument really is the tale of the story right mm-hmm. whose buck was bigger who killed the bigger one <laughs> right. 2020 or 2021 it's never mine mine's never the biggest but <laughs> right. I, I get to 200 inches it just takes four deer yeah <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I tell my buddy Mark Heck that all the time. He's like, I got a 200. I'm like, well, I got 200 inches yeah. too. Just took yeah. four deer. Just took four deer to get there. <laughs> all right. I got about, we're, we're pushing Jerry here up on no, the No, I'm not. I'm pushing just, an I'm hour. Just... No, I was just thinking we're pushing an hour here. I got a couple more questions, and then I want to close out kind of with the shows that are coming. Yep. We're, we're recording this currently in uh, mid-January, early to mid of January. So I want to plug that too, just so people know. I got a couple questions for Jerry. Jerry, over the years, and, and I probably should have pre-warned you about this question. You may not be able to oh, answer. Oh, boy. I may not answer it. You may not, and you have that right tonight. You're a legend. Legends don't have to answer questions if they want. He's the GOAT, right? You, do you know what the GOAT is, right? Have you heard, you know, the GOAT, the acronym I, for GOAT? I know what a GOAT is. Yeah. No, not your, um, it's the greatest of all time. Okay. That's what we're referencing here. I know you know what a GOAT is, but... <laughs> but is there a moment in the years you've been involved with Texas Trophy Hunters that just stands out amongst all of them, or is it more of a broad um, kind of moment that you've been captured over the years? Or is there one story that just sticks out? Well, there's, like you say, there's a lot of different areas to answer that. You know, what was the best of those, right. all of them, you know, and all that kind of thing. But... um I guess, I guess probably uh, the one thing that came out of left field and I never even saw it coming. Uh, as, you know, we trophy hunters got into college chapters. Yeah. 
trying to influence the kids in college and 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 most of them I'm pulling it off your collar there. <laughs> and and most of them, you know, they 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 got in it because they wanted to be with other outdoor kids and they had similar interest in in their education and and so on and so forth but I I guess uh the one thing that happened that that uh caused me to be teary-eyed is the uh, A&M chapter of the Texas Trophy Hunters over in College Station. Um, they, they, I don't know how they did it, uh, but they came out with a, an endowment fund for education if you were getting into the wildlife uh, part of life. Uh, and it was... I don't know how how do you say it. It was titled. I'm talking about the little brass uh, plaque that's on it. Uh, an endowment fund in the name of Jerry Johnston and Texas Trophy Hunters Association. Oh wow! And I'm told that there's never been an outsider that received that. It was always some professor or some you know guy that had to do with the with the college that received that, but. Uh, I I just thought, you know, that that's that's a that's a that's a pretty good handshake right there. I mean, that's mm -hmm. a pretty good blessing right yeah. there. Huge. Uh, I don't know. I don't know of anybody. I, I don't think Jackie Bushman got one. No, no. <laughs> Jackie Bushman, no. Nope. That is that. so classic. <laughs> that is great. <laughs> I mean, I, I that blew me away. Honestly, yeah. yeah. I, I I would I was knocked over. That is awesome. End of the story. Yeah. Yeah. That is awesome. All right, so last question before we shut her down. We talk a lot about living your passion on this podcast occupationally. You've obviously been able to do that. I mean, really, everybody around this table is getting to do that with their lives and careers. What would you tell someone who is not in a career they love? It's just a eight to five. They check in, check out. They're frustrated. They wish they could do something they loved. Or, or do love? What do you tell somebody? How would you communicate something that inspires? That, that's them? a that's a hard question to ask because you almost got to get into a uh, psychology <laughs> conversation. <laughs> right. uh, and all I'm saying is that that everybody always had something that they they wished they could do. Yeah. And there may be a reason why they wasn't able to, and there may be a reason why they could if they went about it the right way. Yeah. Uh, but. I, I I don't I, I can't I can't think of an answer that effectively answers what you asked me. Yeah. It's just you know it, it is what it is. Yeah. And if if it's true, you may be able to fly without wings. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, uh, it's just. A lot of people do, just want to know if Heath Graham is hiring. That's <laughs> That's what it boils down to. Is, is there a job with Heath Graham? Whatever. Is there a place where I can <laughs> I go and I can you, work with Heath Graham? He's like a squirrel sometimes. He kind of. <laughs> I think you answered it at the very beginning of this podcast. You made the comment about if you do something you love, you never work a day in your life. Mm -hmm. right. Mm -hmm. right. It comes down to you were willing to risk it and try it. And if you, whether you were successful or failed, you tried. Right. And in this scenario, you were successful. And so I think to me, you've already answered the question in the podcast. Yes. You were willing to try it. 
put yourself out there and say, you know what, I don't know if this will work. It may work, may not. But I'm not going to die one day wondering what if this would have worked, mm -hmm. you know. And you tried that, and obviously here we are all these years later doing a podcast in this amazing mm -hmm. lodge. I think the key part of that in a young person's life is that uh, you naturally are going to have your things that you're, you know, you know, a, a guy don't play chess good. He loves checkers. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's me. That is so me. And I, I'm just saying what, what I meant by that is that that every every person down deep inside, they have wishes and hopes and and all of that. And uh, if uh, I mean, it's just like girls and guys. They you know they have different ambitions, but but. It really boils down to what I said. I mean, it's just a different way of wording it, you know. Is if 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 you find something that you just can't get enough of, and you want to pursue it, and you're half a bubble off, you know, up above being intelligent, you can make that dream happen. You can make that yeah. dream happen. Yeah. If if you really believe in it, and then that's when that whole deal's over with. You, you know, you, 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 you're doing what you love to do, and it's not even work. Yeah. I mean, I, I, different words, but that's just what it really means. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, find something you love to do that you have a passion for. How could you get tired of that? Yeah. So you just have to do that. Yeah. It's almost like it's in, if it truly is your passion, it's almost impossible to quit. It's like hunting. Absolutely. We're not going to stop hunting, whether we're doing podcasts well, or TVs like or in the industry. No, we're the only reason we stop is sunset. <laughs> <laughs> like, we're not going to stop hunting regardless. Why? Right. Because we love it. It's it's something we love. It's we're passionate about. It's it. like a guy looking for gold up in a superstitious mountain. You know? <laughs> Hey, I, I wish y'all could there. be here with Jerry, man. This dude. I know it's there. Just give me a little more time. <laughs> well, keep going. It's like this nonstop. Just so you're listening, to it. it's awesome. So uh, it's been awesome uh, being here with you, Jerry. All kidding aside, it is a true honor to sit in a room with you and hear your story, and be able to share that with our listeners. And uh, we, we've really enjoyed it, man. For mm -hmm. sure. Well, I, you know what? This first day, time I've met you guys, and I, and I'm uh, I'm blown away that you had any interest in what I had to say about anything. <laughs> Those are the guys I want to talk to. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, the guys that don't even think they're successful, and obviously you've done well, mm -hmm. uh, and you've had an incredible place here. And so, thank you for taking the time. To, to join us on this show. I do want to close out, though, Dave. Mm -hmm. The show's coming. Yep. You've got the, basically going to be the first major trade shows to launch back, consumer yep. shows. Yeah. Give us a little inter or information on that. How can people learn about it? Right. How so can you, can, you can go to ttha.com, um, and there's all the information on the extravaganzas is how to become a member. Um, and if you do become a member, that gets you in free on the Friday of each extravaganza show. Yeah. So the first show is in Houston, and that's at the NRG Center. It starts on Friday, August the 6th, and runs through Sunday the 8th. Very next weekend, we're in Fort Worth at the Fort Worth Convention Center from Friday the 13th through uh, Sunday the 15th. And then we finish up in San Antonio in our hometown at the Freeman Coliseum Expo Hall, running from the 20th through the 22nd. So we're looking forward to being able to, to get those shows done and, and get the hunting community in Texas back together. And, and the big, the other big announcement is this. I mean, 
we talked a lot about the history and, and, and all that stuff with Jerry, and then we talked a little about Dave and the transition, but, but make no mistake about it, that this is an organization that is, we talked about that, that philosophy, you know, there's, there's a difference between playing not to lose and playing to win, and, mm-hmm. and these guys are, have reinvested uh, in themselves. Not only is it, you know, they're, they're putting on these hundreds of extravaganzas while other people have, you know, shied away from doing that sort of things. They've stepped up and given hunters a place to have those kind of rendezvous, but they have a digital series coming out. Yeah. They're back to filming. There's going to be a Texas Trophy Hunter digital series. Mm-hmm. Um, the magazine is gaining uh, sponsors and manufacturers at a record pace. So there is, there is a resurgence in, in what's going on with Texas Trophy Hunters. So although it has a great history, there's a lot of great stuff going on, too. Yeah, Let me put a cap on what you just said, because Please this do. ties right into why to, why did these people, you know, why was, you know, why was this, this whole concept? The coolest thing about the Hunters Extravaganza, I mean, you can read a magazine and you can see a, you can see a, there you, go. you can see a, a picture uh, in, in the ad of a, say, a fish feeder, something like that. Yeah. And maybe, you know, you're born in that realm of, you're born in 1944 and you don't really understand all this technology and all this stuff, you know. <laughs> but the thing is about going to the Hunter's Extravaganza is chances are you're going to meet the guy that invented that piece of equipment. Mm-hmm. And he's going to explain to you how to do it. Yeah. And that's the whole difference. If you go down there and you get to you you get to meet the maker, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying. I've That's never thought about it like that. I don't care mm-hmm. if it's a deer blind, yeah. or if it's a scent or a lure, and you know, smart as us Texans are, <laughs> they'll figure they'll separate the BS from you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I'm telling you, absolutely. I can remember oh going God. to my first trade show and I was like, "There's Jackie Bushman." <laughs> And you get to meet those. I'm just messing yeah. with you. So you get to, <laughs> He's messing you, with you. You get to see the guy. Hey, look, the man. I've been, I've been on TV as long as he has, but I ain't putting no puppet up on my knee. <laughs> oh my god, that is awesome. This is why I love podcasts. Right there, it's <laughs> great. Oh my gosh, Punky Magic Trainer Froggy. <laughs> Exactly. I would just like want to close by saying that's exactly what I started with. <laughs> Twire? Mm-hmm. Oh, Lord. We must be at the end. I can tell we need to wrap this one up. Cobb, you got anything left? No, I, I, I would just echo what you said. I mean, I'm super happy to be working with Dave and all the cool stuff that you guys get going on. And I'm absolutely um, blessed to, to share this time with Jerry because, like I said, I mean, I... Yeah. I grew up watching watching him on TV and reading the magazine. I was a member, and I uh, still am a member, and and uh, still excited to be part of that organization to share this time with you. It's it's a big deal to me. Yeah. Can I make one statement to Dave? Yes, sir. Dave, I hope I haven't embarrassed the association. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were just going to tell me not to screw no, up. I thought, <laughs> I thought for sure that's. Oh for those of you on radio, you can't. Jerry's been holding a, a sign that just said "Don't screw it up" the whole time. <laughs> oh man, we need 
need to wrap this thing up. Jerry, again, thank you, all kidding aside, for your time and what you've done for the state of Texas. Not only that, but the country, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Chris and myself have enjoyed the time with you guys. I'm looking forward yes, thank to, you guys very much. to continue the, the working relationship. So we're going to wrap this thing up. And until next time, peace out and God bless. Yes, sir.